Golf Club Wasteland and Dangerous Golf. Easy on the wallet, but are they worth your time? We put our way through a post-apocalypse and potentially create another apocalypse of our very own in order to find out here on Broke and Gaming. Welcome, absolutely everyone, to Broke and Gaming. I'm your left-handed host, Shay. And I'm your other host, Dan. And, uh, hey, Shay, what have you been playing recently? Well, Dan, it's been very limited game time for me recently, so I only have one game to bring to the table today. But, uh, that's not true. I have one game and a mobile game. I've been playing Kingdom Come Deliverance, which I talked about last episode. I have done a 180 on that game. For all of my complaining about the fighting mechanics in that game... Directional punching. Yeah, I was just an idiot, as it turns out. Oh. Yeah, so the tutorial on fist fighting that you do, you're supposed to lose, which is insanely frustrating to me in any game. Yeah. But especially when you're, like, learning mechanics. That being said, the fighting is based on your skill level and the first person that you fight is just like insanely overpowered so that you don't just beat the shit out of somebody who is deserving of it for sure but not somebody that you should just beat up for no reason character wise fair but all that being said i have definitely come around on this game this game is fun there are a lot of mechanics in it that make me play it in small doses It's certainly not comparable to Skyrim in the sense that it has all of these, like, like you need to be paying attention to your hunger and your, your sleep needs and all of that shit. But it's, it's fun. It's a fun game. Very sad, very compelling, definitely made for the PlayStation 5, as I've realized playing through it and then also searching up some videos. (laughs) Yeah, you had mentioned that (laughs) off the pod to me and I... And yeah, that that definitely sounds like it was intended for next gen. And it's just like, well, we got to, I mean, people still have PlayStation, so PlayStation 4. I was going to say, they made the port for it, so they might as well put it on uh, PlayStation Extra. Yeah. So anyway, I'm reaping the benefits of that while watching a character's mouth move in a way that is not the words that he's saying. So... That's where I'm at on that game. It's it's fun. It's definitely a next-gen game. The mobile game that I've been playing, I have been playing the shit out of Fallout Shelter. Which oh, came out yes. Probably, oh my god, probably like six years ago at this point. I think it came out in conjunction with 4. Like, I think it, it dropped at the same time. I want to yeah, say. That's, that sounds right. But yeah, I played it when it first came out and just got back into it recently. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's not, I wouldn't recommend it necessarily. It's so addictive. That it's free. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I played a whole lot of it when it first launched. I even had the console version. Oh my God. There's a console version of this game. Yeah. And it's a, it's identical, but like you can play it on your TV instead of your phone. Gross. Yeah. Definitely recruited three dog like a hundred thousand times between just like different rebuilds and things like that. So the problem with that game, because it's a freeware type mobile app, they want you to try to buy bottle caps. They want you to try to buy all these things to, to upgrade your stuff faster or get pets or like rare weapons and things, which I'm not going to say I didn't do at some (laughs) point, which is why I had to step away from it. But yeah, no, that game is super fun super addictive and i now have to not play it again (laughs) (laughs) i gotta i gotta say for them a a real game changer for that game was adding in the overseer's office yeah added in targeted quests yep so like that really set it apart from other and i i think that they maybe didn't anticipate that being such a a huge feature for that game it, it set it apart from other games that are like that like right yeah for a for a game that you can genuinely play totally free it does have a robust story and like quest system and like mechanical system it's a great mobile game yeah i also love the way that the death claws are animated 
Oh my god! To yeah. be like in the Pit Boy style. Oh yeah, super fun. Yeah, no, yeah. that game, that game. Oh man! All right, I'm not yeah. gonna re-download it. <laughs> Definitely not. But what have you been playing, Dan? Bunch of stuff for the podcast potentially. So on the 20th, a whole bunch of new games dropped on PlayStation Plus Extra. Uh, one of which we've kind of talked about doing for the show called Chicory. So I've I've been testing that out and I like it so far. And then a whole shit ton of Dead Cells. I've been playing so much Dead Cells recently, but <laughs> we'll get to those in a future episode. Right now, though, we've got a lot of stuff to discuss today. We're covering two games, which, look, we know. We just said doing three games was a bad call. But these are two indie games that are pretty short, so I think we're well within our depth to cover these two. We will start, as we always start, with our short change history. First today, we're going to talk about Dangerous Golf, which is a 2016 arcade mini-golf game developed by UK-based Three Fields Entertainment. Three Fields was founded by former members of Criterion Games, developers of the popular Burnout series. Dangerous Golf is their first release, answering the question, what if Burnout's Destruction minigames was about golf instead of cars? With some of their subsequent releases, like Danger Zone 1 and 2 and Dangerous Driving, they then asked themselves, what if Dangerous Golf was about cars? Oh, it's basically just Burnout. Okay, I guess we'll make Burnout again. Dangerous Golf is currently available for PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. I am not surprised that it's the same studio well the same members of the studio that made burnout because as soon as i played i I tried this out for the first time i'm like this is just the mechanics from burnout like even the the whole aftershock kind of thing that you can do it's directly ripping off what they used to work on and then to have them backpedal and just make the same fucking game is so silly but why don't you tell us a little bit about what this game is actually about shay I would love to, Dan. In Dangerous Golf, you play as a golf ball, trying to destroy as much as you can in very rich environments. That's basically yeah, that it. That is literally I guess. it. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's not, there's not a lot here in terms of what the gameplay is. You have essentially like one preliminary stroke to do as much damage as you can. And then your second stroke or second putt is to just get to the hole that's somewhere in the room or environment that you're in. And that is f- fucking it. You're supposed to do as much damage as you can, as much monetary value as you can, which is wildly unrealistic. Like, if I bust a champagne bottle, it's not a couple grand. We're not talking about Dom Perignon or anything. It's just like a weird stack on a cart in a dining room, but... I digress. (laughs) So there's a bunch of different stages that you can go through, environments within those stages, and then you just travel to other countries, wrecking up shit there. What did you think about the controls on this? Bad. Real bad. Yeah. Very bad. You basically control the golf ball after you hit it, but there doesn't seem to be any kind of rhyme or reason to like the physics of what it can do. Yeah. You can set off... I forget what they call it in this one, but basically you set the golf ball on fire and it extends your first your first hit. And that sucks because the controls on that are even worse than like your initial hit. Yeah. It's it's just so frustrating because you're like, I'm listening to everything that you're telling me in this twenty minute tutorial and it's not working. Yeah. So the way that you move the ball during the smash breaker sequence, which is that after shocky type of thing is you move your camera with one stick and then move forward and backward with the other. Like, almost like a really shitty RC car. And what I would I would frequently attempt to do is try to get the ball in the hole during the first stroke because then it resets everything and you it's kind of like a free ball. Like, you, you can do the whole sequence over and keep the amount of damage you've done. That would explain why you consistently had 100,000 point scores higher than I did. Yeah. Well, that was also like <laughs> trial and error. I, with games like this, and, and I I fell victim to this with the Burnout series as well, like I would just do a stage over and over and over until I platinum them or gold or whatever your highest 
thing is. And I actually had another person that I'm friends with on on PlayStation Network that I was aiming to beat their score as well. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the problem is it's such a faulty mechanic because steering that ball, because rather than just like putting it in a direct line like you do for that second stroke, you have to bounce it and land it exactly where you need it to be to go into the hole, which is nigh impossible. Mm-hmm. It's trash <laughs> how uh <laughs> how many stages did you play through four okay i did four stages and then i started realizing that your scores were unattainable if i didn't replay every single one over and over and over again yeah it's it's my specific flavor of ocd and i apologize uh i didn't even think about the fact that like because i played it first that you would have to <laughs> then well, actually, I mean, it did help in this case where I was like, this is not a game worth playing because I don't want to play this whole 17 times just to beat Dan. In that case, so. you're welcome. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> way to look at it. So, yeah, the different environments that we played through were like dining rooms and kitchens for the most part. There are a whole slew of different things like gas stations and, you know, rec rooms and things like that. All it is is just piled assets in a space yeah that being said and i think we can more or less i mean there's nothing more to talk about gameplay wise we can probably already get into our pros and cons i was gonna say there's probably less gameplay than what we've talked about that's true to be honest with you i will say the environments were really well crafted and there's a ton of really intricate detailing that doesn't actually matter but it's still kind of a pro like it's a pretty looking game yeah looks great yeah I would imagine that's where majority of their budget went to. All, all, I would say. Every, well, <laughs> I mean, they had to pay the uh, announcer, who they just stole from the Burnout series. Like it's the exact announcer from the Burnout series that they just so brought on to talk. So they preface they preface the game with like a little please donate card. That's like eleven of us make up this whole studio. The announcer was not one of the 11, no, was it? No. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Which they okay. just they paid him to jump ship, at least for this particular project. I don't know if that's how it was moving forward into the other stuff, but... Yikes. Has this studio put out more games? Yeah. Then? Um, several. They've put out oh, boy. A, a bunch of games. This sounds like a bad story. Well, like I said, so they basically made carbon copies of what you do in Burnout, like oh, there's dangerous no. driving which is almost exactly that you speed through a course and try to do as much damage as you can sure. but they tried their hand at something kind of new but still ripped off like a different type of game which was a vr shooter that was supposed oh, to emulate the like shooting like light gun shooting arcade cabinet kind of things okay yeah like house of the dead yeah yeah exactly that yeah i mean that's they're just basically making the same stuff that they made when they were part of Criterion Games, which is a super weird move. What's well, a super weird move if you're like trying to make your own studio? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're perfectly content making those kinds of games, then stay on at Criterion. Right. Work on the next burnout title. It's not like when Kojima left Konami, he's like, Well, I'm gonna make my own Metal Gear Solid and you can go fuck yourselves. Right. Like yeah. This is the the video game equivalent of like 11 like mid-level managers leaving a McDonald's franchise to go make another <laughs> burger joint. Like it's so right. fucking weird. I, I I just don't understand why you would do it cuz they had to I mean, look, I get that it's not about money all the time. Look at how little money we made from this podcast. It's sometimes about just doing the things that you like. But you were getting both of those things at your old job. So what are you doing? The the thing that you like also lines up with the thing that you were getting paid money for. Yeah. It's so weird. But I don't know. It's very strange. They've put out five games uh, so far. They have Recreation, spelled with a W, coming out in 2023 for Windows, the PlayStation uh, consoles, and Xbox consoles. So... So this is a studio that's still open, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they must be making some money. Although I had never heard of 
any of those five games until I got PlayStation Plus Extra. Yeah. And I had already wanted to play our other subject for this uh, for this episode, and I was like, "Oh shit, there's another golf game. We'll do a we'll do a twofer." Yeah, let's tack it on. Yeah. And you want to know how bad we fucked up when I explained to next episode's guest that we were doing two golf games. Timmy asked if we were playing the really interesting golf roguelike that just came out within the last year and didn't know about that either. Would have been a much better candidate for this episode, but fucking whatever. I don't know. What do you what do you have for pros and cons? Yeah, so my only pro for this game is that it the environments that they made really really good. Yep. That's it. Yep. My cons for this game Boy, howdy, does there not need to be a competitive aspect to this game. It is fun enough if you just set a single-player game into a world of destruction and don't pit them against all of their friends. Like I mentioned earlier, the entire appeal for me playing this game more than 15 minutes was a vain attempt to beat Dan's scores. So if you take that out, the game kind of uh, plays itself out, and ultimately the scoreboard is a false lengthening mechanism. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you can just kind of coast through, get silver medals or what have you, and just unlock new areas, but you're still ultimately doing the same thing over and over, just in a new environment. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's just not much to this game, and... A, cur- a cursory examination of that or just like a cursory challenge of that, I guess, would is enough to, to reveal its shortcomings. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to do what we did in our last episode and, and get into what could have made this fun. But honestly, like... Well, genuinely, I think the only thing is that you just take away the the scoreboard mechanism. Just make it about destroying shit. That's, that's It's so much more fun that way. Yeah. There was that, like, jackass game that was just about doing as much damage as possible. And there's still, like, goalposts to get to. Sure. But, like, you weren't pitting it, it against other players at that point. It was just, like, this is what you need to do. This is how good you can possibly do and have that be it. Yeah, I mean, countless video game franchises have put mini games into their main titles on this kind of mechanic before without the comparative stat i mean saints row has fucking oh three yeah mini games absolutely based on this kind of concept like this is not this isn't groundbreaking stuff no i will say it is something that they ripped off again from their former employer like this is absolutely sure. a, yeah, a, exactly. a thing in burnout like yeah being competitive with your friends about how much damage you can do was an aspect of those games right I mean, there's 50 billion mobile games out there like this. Oh, yeah. Also. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah. I'm frustrated with this game a lot. <laughs> well, let's let's put some numbers on it and just bury this. Yeah, sure. All right. Does it work? Nope. Okay. There are certain things that work okay. The putting actually does work pretty well. And if you can get your angles right for some of the ricochets, that's... Oh, oh, really? A little bit yeah. satisfying. A little bit satisfying. But yeah. It's satisfying doesn't mean that it works, is the argument that I would make here. Depending on some of the stages and depending on what kind of walls you're dealing with, it can be kind of fun to set up, like, ricochet shots, I think. Sure. It's not enough to give me it to even give it a half, but I will say that's the one thing that did kind of work okay. Otherwise, the, the steering mechanic in itself loses at the point. Fucking garbage yeah (laughs) absolute garbage so no point for you nope yeah no point for me trash mechanics just unbearable to steer your golf ball around and i mean the generous parts of your explanation dan for why it might approach a half point i think are exclusively based on the idea that you nailed it on your first shot and if you need to get the ball in on your second shot which i did most of the time this game sucks yeah so no points there is it engaging i mean it's it's pretty bare bones arcade stuff yeah the one thing i would give it for engaging is gonna be part of another question so i i don't feel it deserves anything else outside of that yeah no uh zero points for me either there's like these end move like 
you know, for lack of a better term, to borrow from the wrestling world, like finishing moves that you can unlock, I guess. Yeah. But like, they don't make that clear. They also don't point you in any direction that would make you try anything new. No, and there there are like unlockables as far as uh like magazine covers and there are locked doors that you're supposed to be able to bust through, which that mechanic didn't make any sense to me either. Well yeah, you set the golf ball on fire and it and it burns the lock off down. I That makes sense. Does that mean you have to hit the lock <laughs> exactly? Because I would just like that's that's stupid. No, you just have to bounce through the door. I couldn't get it to work. As far as I understand, you just had to bounce at the door. But given my uh, understanding of the mechanics, it could also not be true. I mean, it is what they said, but like it never worked for me. In the one stage, it's like right in your main pathway. Like as soon as you hit for the first time, like where the camera sets you, it's dead ahead of you. And I tried it with the ball on fire and it didn't do shit. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Either way, zero points. Yeah. Zero points also. Does it look good? Yes. I'm comfortable giving it a full point here. It's it's the one thing that I can I can say as a positive, same as you. And it's weird to focus that much time and energy programming on in all of these assets, all of these objects, and the way that they shatter and like everything about just the assets are perfect. Yep. Why not go the extra mile and fix any other part of the game at that point well no see you use the phrase the extra mile that is the rest of the mile that's true yeah you're right yeah they went that they went the first half mile and then stopped yeah so i'm gonna give it a full point and i want to make very clear this is a full point because the rest of the game is so bad yeah you know what i mean like this is a point of emphasis from an understanding that the rest of the game is not good. If this had, you know, even the production value of Rius, this would be a half point. You know what I mean? That's fair. If, if that makes sense. Like, I'm giving this a full point because this is so clearly far and away, like, the, the best part about this game. It's almost a sympathy point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is a sympathy point is a good way to put it. So... It's a gold star. All right. <laughs> is there replayability? Fuck no. I mean, okay. I played a lot of these stages a lot of times for really no reason by beating a dude that I haven't talked to in seven years. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't get anything out of that. It's the only other person I know that's played it. And yeah, I haven't, I have no reason to reach out and be like, hey, you should get back on there and try to beat my score. No, you're just doing the same thing over and over. At least with the Burnout series, you would unlock new cars and and things like that, like really actually changed the mechanic of what you were doing. Yeah. Driving a Ferrari type car and then driving a fire truck into the same exact thing, <laughs> drastically different right. results. And right. that's appealing. That's that's engaging. For this, I don't give a fuck about a collectible magazine cover just with, like, a picture of the damage that I had done in this fancy ballroom. Who gives a shit? Yeah. So, no. No point. I'm going to give it a half point just because they added on that false lengthening mechanic of you can beat your friends. Okay. I don't give a shit about it, but if that is something that you're obsessed with, which you would have to be to continue playing this game, it's there. Uh, you can replay every course and challenge <laughs> challenge your friends on that shit. And more power to you. Yeah. Not for me, but it's there. So, half point. And, I mean, you hear in my tone of voice, I don't think it deserves that half point, but I'm going to give it anyway. I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah. No, I am too. Uh, is there a story? Nope. Moving on. No. Fucking no. Yeah, zero, 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 zero. And finally, Dan, so that we can move on to greener pastures, is it worth the cost? So this game retails at nineteen ninety nine. Oh my god! Across the board. 
Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, man, that's sad. I really want to support a team of 11 people, but that this is a zero. It's insulting. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what? I'm going to give it I'm going to give it one point. Yeah, that's where I'm at. They they put they put time into the rooms that you're in. But beyond that, it 1999 fucking get out of here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Eat my whole asshole bonkers. I mean, again, like just looking at the rest of their catalog, nothing there really appeals to me either. So I, I, I don't know. They're not doing enough to actually develop their own style of anything. Well, I mean, it sounds like they don't have their own style. It sounds like their style is burnout ripoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so recreation, what else could it possibly be unless it's a combination of the boat? And you're driving around in a golf court, creating damage, and then get out and then do golf damage. That's my best guess. That also sounds unappealing, but yeah, no, sure. <laughs> I don't want to play it, but yeah, <laughs> clearly there's some sort of market if they've made this many games thus far. But all right, that's going to put our final scores for Dangerous Golf at two points from me, two point five points from Shay. And, uh, yeah, not recommended. If you have PlayStation Extra and you want to just give it a shot, that's the only way I would even remotely suggest doing so, where you're not paying anything additional. $20 is fucking outrageous. I Honestly, it's an insult to pay anything for this game. Like, it, $2 It is plays like I, a freeware game. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. All right, that's going to bring us to our next game for this episode, which is Golf Club Wasteland, which is a 2018 platform golf game developed by Demagogue Studios and published by Untold Tales. This is the first official game from Demagogue, after four friends from Serbia worked together on a few experimental mobile games before founding the studio, and I'll have more information about what's next for them in a little bit, but from what I can gather, the main influential themes for the studio is Cold War collateral damage. Golf Club Wasteland was originally released exclusively for iOS, but is currently available for Android, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo Switch. So Shay, why don't you tell us what this game is about? Yeah, so in Golf Club Wasteland, colonists from Mars return to Earth, which has been turned into a post-apocalyptic golf course. And through listening to the radio while on this golf course... Players are subjected to the history of, first off, the the player who is playing through this golf course, as well as a person who is watching them from beyond a fence, a person who has kind of grown up on the post-apocalyptic Earth. So yeah, using uh, some shaky physics, uh, you try to get your ball into the hole of a glorified mini golf course while learning about the broader world around you yes so first impressions on this one were not good as i recall <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we um we did this one for our last stream for a little bit uh, was it on the stream i actually think it may have been after we ended the stream but it was the last time that you were in town we were playing games together but yeah, I did not like this game because I was focused on the wrong thing at the time. And that was the golf mechanics. And that almost doesn't matter in this game. Yeah, it's a loose mechanic to tell a bigger story. And right. when I had initially pitched this, I said, like, this strangely plays out like a Pixar film, which is such a weird thing to even describe from a visual standpoint, from from a, an outsider perspective. When you start this, like, it is just like a Flash golf game. Yep. It's really hard to to visualize that. Like, if someone had told me that, I would have thought they were out of their fucking mind. And there's something really, really special about this. And I'm not trying to use hyperbole or anything. This is unlike anything I've ever played. And I'm so interested in this studio and what they have coming down the pike right now. But again, we'll get to that in a little bit. So... Like you said, the main mechanic is just this point A to point B golfing kind of thing. There's three different ways you can play this. There's story mode where the strokes don't actually matter. 
you're just playing through the story of it. Which is an incredible idea. It's for this game, amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. Because it really is the only thing that matters. Like, yes, you can yep. play the challenge mode where, yes, your strokes matter. There's a little bit of more flavor if you get under a certain number of strokes, just like a bit more backstory stuff and like journal entries from, from your character. And then there's iron mode, which is you can't make any mistakes. I'm not going to do that because that's not <laughs> that's not where I I got joy from this. But yeah, um, how far did you get in this? Uh, about halfway. Okay. So there's 35 holes, I think, if you include the tutorial holes. And I got to ni- 19. Okay. Did you get to the point where your player syncs up with the radio? I don't think so. No. Okay. So I'm going to describe this to you, which is the major turning point for me in this game. And if... if it This sounds like a thing that you should explain to me, because if it is centered around how well I do with the golfing mechanic, uh, I'm never going to get there. It's not really. And I think this still happens if you're playing just story mode, where it doesn't really make a difference how many strokes it takes you to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure that, that that's true. What I'm saying is that, like, if it is... Uh, contingent on you getting on, to the to the hole. on how many holes i've finished yeah yeah okay so yes sort of so there's a point it's it's got to be right around where you're at i believe but I, I gotta say it's probably like the next hole you know what i mean very much might be true after you complete the hole the radio starts talking about how there's a person on earth currently doing this thing uh, we're patching into him now. We're going to talk to him. And normally after the hole, after you, you finish a hole, you set off your jetpacks and just fly to the next hole. Your character just stops dead and looks off into the distance and then takes his helmet off. And they're Oofta. like, yup, Oofta. yup. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so there's like this weird beat where it's like, hello, are you there? Like, through the radio, through the in-game radio, and you just don't respond. And you just sit down on the platform that you're at, and you watch a rocket fly off into the distance. And I was like, oh, what's happening right now? I, again, I I went into this game with no expectations whatsoever. And from the very moment you see that, that child, that Earth-native child, that figure that follows you around, it's like something real wild is happening. I don't want to spoil the rest of this. I I do want you to finish this in your own time. What I will tell you is that this game was the first in a series about this world. Oh, boy. The two games that they have coming out currently announced. One is a prequel about how the apocalypse happened, how all the rich people abandoned Earth. I'm good. I don't. I got it. I mean, it's not a golf game. It's wild because we live in a world where I can absolutely see the scenario that would happen preceding this game, you know? Yes. I mean, one of the most interesting things is, like, on the official page for this game, they have quotes from just, like, people in our real lives, like Elon Musk, as part of the press for this. Like. As opposed to from GameSpot or anything like that. Like it's, yep. I want to live on yeah. Mars, Elon Musk. Like shit like that. Yeah. And from the area of the world that these developers are from, like it totally makes sense that this is where their heads would be at. The other game that was announced is a sequel to this where you're playing as that figure that's following you around. Yeah. Kind of like inside, I would imagine. Uh... It seems structurally Less to horrific? be well. I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Structurally, it, it there is a trailer out for the Cub, but not quite as brutal. I don't think. But yes, there is a an escape overarching kind of mechanic to it. Yeah, sure. I'm always fascinated by post apocalyptic things. It it's a, a surefire way to get me hooked into a story like from from the jump. And like we've covered a bunch of this kind of stuff for the show before, and. All of the pieces that they're putting into place, especially with the nostalgic radio from Mars thing, mm-hmm. their their world building is so incredible. Impeccable. Yeah. I'm hooked. I will check out anything that these guys put out. <laughs> you don't see 
world building like this in indie gaming. Like there are only a handful of examples I can really think of that that do this level of detail. And like the Hollow Knights are things that come to mind where it's like deep, deep lore and backstory, but presented in not just text boxes and things like that. Like the fact that they're they're incorporating the music and the the radio announcers and all these other things, like all these visual cues that are in the game, you know, seeing the ruins of these mega corporations and things like that. It reminded me a lot of Wally, which is why like Pixar was one of the things that I had mentioned to you when pitching this. And I, I love the way that that, and, and yes, there is a, an inherent depressing nature to these kind of things that I get that. <laughs> but sometimes that's, you know, you were saying with Kingdom Come, like it's a depressing game. It's just a different flavor of depressing. Yeah. Pros and cons, Dan? Yeah. I, I can't believe how different these two games are. <laughs> With golf being kind of the through line, I don't know. I don't know. It almost it almost seems inappropriate to have put these two together. A hundred percent. We're very good at this. So <laughs> visually, this is great. The soundtrack is amazing. Um, the soundtrack mm-hmm. is actually available for streaming on pretty much every platform. Do it. I wholeheartedly suggest that people check it out. Uh, it, it complete with all the the stories as well. Like it's got a an NPR feel to a lot of the like for those of you who are fans of like This American Life, it's got that sort of feel to it where it's like sound in the background, like music in the background while a person is like giving a monologue. And this is all happening while you're golfing in an abandoned zoo or whatever. It's so fucking neat. Anyway, I don't know that I have cons. The golfing mechanic isn't the crispest thing in the world. You had said your short game is terrible, and yeah, that's because they d- did a not great job with explaining how much power really relates to how hard you're going to hit it. Well, you don't really need to explain that, right? But it is inconsistent yeah. from one shot to the next is the only thing. And, and you know, obviously I understand when there's, like, different terrains, like, for example, sand. Sure shortens your game catastrophically Mm -hmm. i would say but like you know when you're two feet away from the hole there is very little room for error on how far you can push your stick forward before it's too much yeah and it's inconsistent with when you're further out i would say yeah you know what i mean like for for example it's not proportional to like a five foot putt or like a 10 foot. Pump, yeah. You know, and that would have been an easy thing to fix. Like using, a, um, let's say Mario golf, like the way that they do that, where you can kind of visualize how far it's going to go based on what your hit is. And then you just yeah. factor in elemental issues and, and whatever to right. compensate for it. That would have made it perfect as an experience for that portion. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's the part of this game that matters. It's, I mean, it's going to lose <laughs> points on it. Like, right. But, right it's not the main point so other than that i have nothing as far as cons are concerned what about you yeah i mean you talked about most of my pros in there already so i am you know what let's just put some numbers on this i love it does it work i'm gonna say a half point it's actually pretty satisfying to do the the longer shots once Mm -hmm. you kind of get the knack of that and the puzzle aspect of it even more so like there's a lot of really fun interactive aspects to this like going down shoots and whatnot almost enough to give to have me give it a full point to be honest but that short game really does hurt it a lot especially if you're trying for a challenge mode like if you're if you're trying to get these little extra tidbits right it does it does script this experience a little bit but not by enough yeah so half point Half point for me also for the reasons you've mentioned above. Is it engaging? Absolutely. Once you get into the meat of what this actually is and it starts kind of revealing itself to you, I I couldn't put it down. Like I did the last two thirds of this in a single shot. I even brought Kit into the room. I'm like, you have to see what the fuck is happening right now. And we were both hooked, like just on what they were trying to present just struck such a chord with us that yeah we we just kept going so a hundred percent this is engaging yeah i'm gonna give it a full point also i i thought it was really incredible how so there's like the like whole descriptors yeah and then there's also the diary descriptions of the holes and i didn't realize that they were different until about like five holes in Mm -hmm. 
And then you start kind of realizing that there's something else going on and you're like, well, wait a minute. What is, what do I have to say about this whole as the player character? And what does this other person who's watching me have to say? Yep. And that was, and like that became kind of my whole thing about this game. I was like, well, what's, what's going on on the, uh, the other side of the story? Because, you know, you get to a certain point in the game and you're kind of like very familiar with how to beat the par scores that get you all of the diary entries yeah but like that almost very quickly becomes not what you're playing for right right so like just kind of trying to keep up on both of these these simultaneous stories that are happening and and i really like how this game presents them in that like your story is kind of like the afterthought because like you have to navigate to the journal you know, mm-hmm. and you just get the story of the person beyond the fence who's watching you. Yeah, that that was incredible. Just kind of being overtaken by that side of the story that's happening simultaneously with you kind of explaining what happened to Earth. That doesn't really matter that much. And that was so captivating. Genuinely, like, you know, maybe 10 holes in, like, it doesn't matter what you're saying anymore. It's it's so engaging to be, like, thinking about what what is this person who's beyond this fence, like, watching me play golf thinking, you know? Yeah. That was so good. So, uh, anyway, full point from me. Yeah, no, really well put. And and that's exactly what I wanted you to get out of this. I'm, I couldn't be more thrilled right now. Cool. Does it look good? Yeah, this is really pretty. Really interesting art style. It almost has like a comic strip vibe to it. Yeah. In the character design. Yeah, like a Sunday funnies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a ton of detailing, like little things in the environments that are either like, there are some like kind of hacky jokes at times, like as far as like the names of, of companies, but not in like a full on Grand Theft Auto sort of way. Like it's, more indicative of what this world had become prior to the apocalypse, I suppose. But everything about this, like from the coloring palette, like the soft blues and the really, really intense neon pinks, everything about this, I think is spot on. I love, I love the way this was designed. Yeah. I, uh, I'm also going to give it a full point. One thing I'd like to highlight is I mentioned my short game earlier. If you miss a putt by overshooting it, by like it, it rims around oh, the hole essentially. Yes. The dude, the dude like slumps his shoulders and looks up to the sky. It's like I fucking feel that man because I am in the same boat as you. Because I thought that the length that I put on this shot was the right amount to get it into the hole, and yet somehow here we are. Yeah, I tested the limits of that a little bit by intentionally overshooting a couple times in a row, and there are like little differences in some of the reactions like yeah he gets uh he gets a little bit more frustrated (laughs) yeah really really fun thing to add into that yeah i'd like to say that i was testing that too but it was just that i thought that i would be able to get it from there yeah and uh it didn't happen but yeah i uh, i really appreciated that in this game yeah yeah is there replayability yes not just because there's different game modes and and kind of challenge yourself but once you get the full picture it is kind of worth going back and looking at it from a different lens like even if you just do story mode a second time it it is actually worth it knowing what your character's mindset is toward the end of the game like kind of puts a whole new spin on everything because kind of at the core of this it's it's a story about regret depression and nostalgia it's so interesting that this is the package they decided to present this in given all of that but yeah i don't know if it's full point because it is just contextual at that point and if we're looking at it from just the strictest sense of like just replaying a game i don't know it's akin to reading a short story a second time like right after finishing it you know what i mean mm-hmm. is that is that grounds to give it another point? I'm I'm at a half. I want to see what you have to say before I commit. Sure. I'm not going to give it a point here. At all? No. Okay. Zero points. I think that it says everything that it needs to say 
in your first playthrough. The only thing that I could see being added by a second playthrough is like maybe you missed out on some journal entries. But yeah. like we've mentioned before, that's not that isn't the story that's being told here. Right. You can also kind of go back to a hole during the game that you're in. Like you don't even have to replay the whole thing over. Yeah, I, I was going to say like that. That doesn't even that's almost a non issue. The ability to unlock these things. So like. In my mind, this is meant to be played once, and you get and and don't get me wrong, you get an incredible story out of it, but it is not designed for a second playthrough. All right, that's fair. Even if you try to take this game on on like the no mistakes path, that uh, it doesn't really add anything to it. It's just like kind of making you better at the worst mechanic of the game. That's you know a very valid argument. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I'm sitting. All right. I'm, I'll stick with my half then. And uh, I'll explain a little bit more during this next point. Yeah. Speaking of, is there a story? Very much so. This is a yeah. full point for me. And uh, one of the coolest things, which, again, not something I've seen done in a game, not only like this, but just like generally speaking, once you finish this, you are given kind of almost presented like a kid's book, a slideshow that tells you the full story from his perspective how he got off of mars in the first place to come back to earth to do this little golf outing his interactions with that figure like it gives you all of it which was the most pixar part of this like this could have very easily been a short film a full-length animated film a short story like there's so many different ways this story could have been presented and it still would have been effective the fact that they gave you the option of it being interactive i think is really fucking cool and i i love when video games are treated truly as an art medium and a medium to tell stories and this is one of the most interesting and cool examples of it that i've i've gotten to experience so yes full point yeah i'm gonna give it a full point too i hmm this this feels cruel but i want to put an asterisk on this point okay in the sense that I think that they sacrificed gameplay for the story. And that's not to say that this was not a great game, but it is a video game, yeah. right? And the video game parts of it are not great. You know, we, we've covered, you know, does it work and all that shit. Right. So, like, I'm not trying to rehash that. But I, I would say that this game is kind of like walking sims. You know what I mean? Yeah, where they just kind of they just kind of hung a game mechanic around a, an incredible story, and like, does the, the game mechanic work a hundred percent? No, but the story is incredible, and so that kind of does a lot of the heavy lifting, right? Yeah. So this is going to get a full point for me, but with an asterisk. That's fair. So okay. So our final question: Is it worth the cost? So this retails at nine ninety nine across the board. Oh my. God. God, holy shit. All right. Half the price of our previous entry. <laughs> I was going to say, I I thought this was a 1999 game. So. Yeah. This is kind of an easy five for me. Just from the story. I have zero problem. I, I mean, I didn't pay this amount for it when I initially got it. I did get it on a an indie developer sale, I believe. Which is why you need to follow our Twitter so that you can be notified Zero of these kind of things. Codes. Yeah. Could have gotten Golf Club Boy Sand for three ninety nine. But honestly, like I think nine ninety nine is entirely fair for what this has to offer. Again, I'm very interested in this world. I'm very interested in the story that they want to tell going forward. And for this to be the first entry, it it's got me hooked. So yeah, no five points from me. Sure. If this was a Telltale game, this would be an easy five. Yeah. The fact that they have sacrificed kind of the video game mechanics of the game does knock it down a little bit for me. It's a great story and it's a fun game. Don't get me wrong, but it is very clear that it is a video game hung around a story. Yeah, that's I totally get you. I'm still giving it a four because $9.99 is great for this game. But yeah. It's just too clear that the studio put more time into one side of the development than the other. And yeah. at the end of the day, it is a video game and it doesn't have great video game pedigree. That's fair. 
and and I think with this being kind of like the entry point for people into this world, I mean, I can tell you just from the trailers that have dropped for both of these games, High Water and The Cub, that they're going to be drastically different. High Water is the one that's going to be a prequel, and they're saying that there's going to be boat driving, exploration, turn-based combat, all while still existing in this world and having a radio component to it. So it's the things that we liked about this yeah. just kind of turned up and made into an honest-to-goodness game. Yeah. Thrown some fucking turn-based RPG mechanics in there. Fucking right? Right up my alley. Holy I'm, shit. <laughs> dude, I'm saying this is going to be something to watch out for. And also, like, since we've talked about adaptation so much recently, I could 100% see this being something that could be adapted. Like, as rich as they're making this world out to be, I, I mean, see like it. I said, this would be a great Telltale series. Oh, for you sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Make it an episodic video game. This is an incredible tale to tell. All right. Well, that's going to put our final scores for Golf Club Wasteland at nine points from me, 7.5 points from Shay. So overall, this is a game that we recommend. So that's one and one for today, which I'm pretty happy with, honestly. I think I think we were more than fair with both of these. Yeah. So... Let's not belabor the point any further, Shay. Do you want to play a game? Dan, build an ornithological haven with me as we collect birds, lay eggs, gather food, and use inexplicable bird powers. I would love to play a game. Can can you describe to me one of these bird powers, please? <laughs> well, so without getting too deep into it, there's this is, of course, Wingspan. Thank you, yes. A game where you take one of four actions, three of which enhance your engine building bird machine. (laughs) So, for example, one of the birds that I got in my game with Lex when we recorded Virtually Analog was that you could tuck birds that have a wingspan of less than 100 centimeters behind you and they would get you extra points and extra eggs and it's just too complicated a game for me to, for me to describe it. Yeah, as. I feel like I understand less now, which is fine. Basically, these birds give you powers to build your bird engine. Perfect. I have no idea what a bird engine is. So listeners, if you couldn't tell by my Bruins Brewers fuck up from a few episodes ago, out of the two of us, without question, Shay is the bigger sports fan. As noted many, many times in the past and, and kind of mentioned earlier today, not by me, Uh, I am a professional wrestling fan, but I'm not the type that's going to make the claim that wrestling is, in the strictest sense, a competitive sport. And no, Shay, before you panic, we're not going to be talking about that today. I'm not panicking because wrestling is more like a play than it is a sport. So that's the arts for you, baby. Hell yeah. Today, in fact, though, I'm going to attempt to redeem myself while simultaneously playing to one of your strengths by focusing solely on big flagship sports titles. Uh, These are going to be open-ended questions, and as usual with this kind of format, I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have, as long as I am able to. So you ready to go? Five questions. Let's fucking do it. All right. Starting off with, what sports game franchise has sold the most individual copies, only beaten by Mario... Tetris, Pokemon, Call of Duty, and the GTA series. Can you tell me the year that this particular franchise started? Started? Yeah. Uh, the first entry was 1993. 93? Yep. Uh, it's got to be FIFA then. Yeah, it's FIFA. Yeah. Would you like to, to venture a guess at how many copies they've sold throughout the last, you know, almost three decades? Two two hundred million? That's my guess. Three hundred and twenty-five. Oh wow. Okay. Yep. Yep. Far and away the top selling sports franchise of all time. Yeah. I was pretty confident about that one without the hint, but I just wanted to clarify that it was not Madden. Yeah, which, you know, I I totally understand. Alright, since you said you had been playing this again recently, had to throw an MLB the show question in here. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shay, who is the only player 
to not only grace the cover of MLB The Show twice, but did so in back-to-back years. Oh, fuck. Can you tell me the team that they played for? The Twins. Uh, was it Joe Maurer? Yeah. Yeah, baby! Yep. MLB 10 and 11, he's on the cover. Yeah. He's the only one to do it twice. Fucking reach back in that... <laughs> My inexplicably sports-wired brain. I love it. This is exactly what I was hoping for today. <laughs> no, this is good. All right, two points right off the bat. This is this is a cakewalk. All right, up next, starting with Garrison Hurst's broken ankle in the 98-99 season, killing the 49ers' playoff momentum, what has been the possible cause of several players, such as Donovan McNabb, Ray Lewis, and Adrian Peterson, getting injured or having subpar seasons over the last two decades? Oh, baby, it's a Madden curse. You Come better on, believe man. it's the Madden curse. <laughs> <laughs> it's So there are so many articles online of this purported curse, and it's genuinely fascinating because, like, I don't really believe in stuff like this, but this is, like, inexplicable half of this stuff. Well, I mean, I got to be honest with you. One of the first Madden games that I owned was Madden 2007, which had Sean Alexander on the cover. Mm -hmm. And if you follow that man's career, it didn't fucking last beyond to like 2009. The man retired like a year and a half after being on the cover of Madden. It's it's insane and unexplainable, but also (laughs) like makes sense. So like... (laughs) I was talking about this to somebody and like the logic is once you get this kind of cover, I think with this, because it it is like the only name in NFL video games, like you're putting such a target on your back. So like, you know, that's so much to live up to. And in Sean Alexander's case, like he, what fractured his foot missing six games of that following season after one of his best seasons ever. Yeah. And then never the same player that's what they said yeah 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 and it it just continued to happen over and over it's the most bizarre thing fun stuff (laughs) yeah you know they they actually um i don't remember which athlete they did it with but they actually tried like ea was like uh maybe this is real and so they put like a retired athlete like a retired nfl player on the cover one year in the hopes of like reversing the Madden curse. Yeah. That's, that's how prevalent of a theory this thing is, is that like the game developer was like, yeah, maybe it's true. (laughs) Just a a fun little thing. (laughs) All right. Up next, Uh, the 2k series of games, including, but not limited to NBA 2k and the now defunct NHL 2k games actually predate the 2k sports company. In fact, these two specifically started life as console exclusives for two years before the console was officially labeled as a flop. After going multi-platform for two additional years, Take-Two Interactive purchased the license and developer visual concepts from what company founding 2K Games and 2K Sports? You could not pay me money to find this answer. I, I, yeah, I couldn't tell you what the fucking company was. I know I'm going to be mad when you say it. But so the answer is kind of in the question. All right. What was it a was it a Sony subsidy subsidiary? Sorry, mispronounced that word. No, but you're you're on the right track. I feel like it has something to do with the Wii. Or, sorry, not the Wii. The Wii U around <laughs> that era. <laughs> Tecmo Bowl was probably wrapping up around that time. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Uh, uh, fucking Atari. Give up on this one. Say. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's Sega. So Sega. Oh wow. These initially started life as Dreamcast exclusives. So oh, there you go. Then when the Dreamcast folded and that became the last console Sega ever put out, they continued to make the games for the Dreamcast, but then also branched out to include PlayStation 2, Xbox, and GameCube. Alan Iverson was also on the cover of the first three games. Yeah, my man. Oh, no, four. Four in a row. Yeah. 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 The Iverson, greatest, greatest, uh Greatest point guard to never win a title. That's right. I should have made that a question. <laughs> and our final question for today, uh, because we always have to have a little something weird in our quizzes, 
or at least I do. Oh, good. In good. 1999, EA oh, had boy. to recall 100,000 copies of Tiger Woods 99 because a programmer <laughs> had hid an AVI video in the files. The video was an unauthorized copy of a 1995 animated short, which was effectively the pilot of what animated show, which had already debuted in 1997. When, <laughs> when did the Super Mario Bros. show come out? Uh, <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> okay, all right. So it's not that one. No. 1997. Man, what even was happening in animated TV in, in 1997? There's a big one. I don't know. I think my best guess is uh, a Sonic the Hedgehog iteration. Okay, here here's your hint. Okay. Still on TV today. Still on TV? Was it fucking SpongeBob SquarePants? No. Uh, the Simpsons is my other guess then. In 97? I don't fucking know, man. I'm just thinking of shows that have been on for 700 years. Fair enough. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the answer to this one. So the short was called... I Actually, do you think you could get it from the short if I told you what the short was? Maybe? Uh, Maybe. Okay, so the short was called The Spirit of Christmas. Also, and this is totally true, and why he ended up doing a guest voice of the most ridiculous character, George Clooney had a bunch of DVDs made of this short and like handed them out as christmas gifts one year like that was in 95 when it was made i mean it's leading me to to batman <laughs> all right yeah i think we're gonna we're gonna go down some <laughs> yeah I'm, i was gonna say i'm not i don't think i'm gonna get this one the george clooney thing threw me off even further well so george clooney ended up voicing a dog on the show like literally just barked. oh no fuck i know this one come on uh, no we've talked about this before on the show or just in life? No, on the show, I think. I don't know what it is, but we have mentioned that George Clooney did like just did like barks for a show. You might or be something right. Like that. Yeah, no, I I don't know what it is. Well, <laughs> the answer Shay is South Park. Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> he's fucking he's on Big Gay Al's fucking pet reservation. Uh, no, he's just Stan's dog, dude. Like, it's... Yeah, no, because yeah, yeah, they go to... You're right, yeah. the, the Island of Dr. Moreau yeah. type character. Yeah, yeah takes he goes... They, they end up, because Stan's dog is gay, they put a little yeah. fucking pink ascot on him, he goes to Big Gay Al's animal reserve or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. No, we definitely talked about this before. Okay, well... Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> this was, um like, PlayStation 1 where you could put the PlayStation disc into your PC, which was the only way you could play it. But because of this, yeah, a hundred thousand copies uh were recalled. <laughs> like they still exist because recalls are voluntary. So like all they have to do is issue it and then uh yeah. They can't really do anything about it after that point. But right. Yeah. Yeah man. Real fun. <laughs> and again it's so weird because like the show had already been on the air for two years by that point. And they just right. have this, like, pilot <laughs> on there. So stupid. I don't know why that's something you risk your job over. But, uh, you know. That's great. <laughs> All right. So here's what I've learned. You earned three points today. And it was when it was actual questions about actual sports. When I deviated <laughs> from that. Uh, <laughs> duly yeah, noted. Man, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. My brain is inexplicably hardwired for sports I love knowledge. <laughs> That's the yin and yang of this podcast. If you wanna if you wanna ask me what Aaron Nola's ERA in the month of September is, I can fucking tell you that. Yeah, but, go for uh, it and I'll give you an extra point. It's uh six point oh four. I'll assume that's correct. Four <laughs> points for today, Shay. Oh no no no. No no no. I'm sorry. That's that is incorrect. His ERA for the month of September over his career is 4.8, but the 2020 season, he pitched to a 6.04 ERA uh, in the month of September, and All right. even worse the following year. Uh, but he's proving the doubters wrong this year because he has a 2.06 ERA in the month of September in the 2022 season. All right, uh, Brian Craig... <laughs> Just uh, confirm that for me when you can, if you don't mind, and uh, we'll call it four points for today. 
that's just about going to do it for us today. As always, you can follow us on social media at BNGPod on both Twitter and Instagram, where we post sales that you should be aware of that we call cheap codes, as well as custom artwork for every episode. If you'd like to share the show, you can do so using our hosting site, which is anchor.fm slash BNGPod. And if you'd like to follow us on Twitch, where we stream roughly monthly, but don't hold us to that, it's twitch.tv slash bngpodcast. If you want to send us an email for any reason, you can do so at brokeandgamingpod at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys, whether it's game suggestions or just critiques on the things that we talk about. These two games in, in, in particular, I'd love to hear some feedback on this. I want to know if people... And and since it's for mobile, a lot more people have access to this than than normal stuff that we cover. Like, if anybody out there ends up playing Golf Club Wasteland, I'd love to hear what you think about it. But in the meantime, hey, Shay, what are we playing next time? Next time, Dan, we'll be welcoming Timmy, a.k.a. Ferk03, back to the show in order to play Death's Door. So make sure you tune in for that. It will be a wonderful episode with a wonderful guest. I'm very much so looking forward to it. But until then, goodbye, absolutely everyone. Goodbye. Man, the Dreamcast was still around in the year 2000. Right? It, it's insane. it's such a weird... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really bizarre. That seems like fucking forever ago that the dreamcast came out i uh, dude i'm saying <laughs>